This is The 20 with DJ Spider, presented by BeatSource. All right, everyone. Welcome to the 100th episode of The 20 Podcast. Give it up, everybody. Give it up. Yes. You guys, it's a milestone, okay? I dressed up for this. I got a suit on. I might have shorts on. You don't know underneath, but I got a suit on top. I got a bottle of champagne. We are ready to pop shit off. The 100th episode of the 20 podcast brought to you by BeatSource, hosted by yours truly, DJ Spider. DJ Spider. That is right. And that drop right there will give you a hint to who our special guest of the day might be on this show today. So you guys, as I said, this podcast is brought to you by BeatSource. Make sure you get on BeatSource.com and check out BeatSource Link, the ability to DJ from the cloud, all of our customized playlists, and so much amazing stuff. And use the code THE20, T-H-E-2-0, for 60 days free. But hey, I am here to celebrate with you guys 100 episodes, 100 amazing DJs, producers, music industry professionals have all passed through this show virtually and in person. I am so proud, so happy. It's just been unbelievable. So thank you to the team of BeatSource. Thank you to everyone that believed in me and everybody and everyone that helps me with the show. We couldn't do this without Vlats. We couldn't do this without Anthony. It's a team effort here, guys. I may be the face, but I got a lot of help. So, yo, and a lot of the help is from you guys, the beat sorcerers, the listeners, everybody out there. Thank you for supporting and make sure you rate and review on the Apple Podcast app to make us go up the charts and keep growing. And let's do 100 more episodes, 200, 1000. Let's get up there. Okay. And hit me on Instagram at DJ Spider, DJ S-P-I-D-E-R. Send me a DM. Like one of my pictures. Do whatever you want to do. But uh, find me on there, all right? And now, I'm not going to do too big of an intro for our guest because actually our guest did an intro for us. And I will be cutting that in in a second. But I go way back with this guest. And this guest is a very legendary person on the planet Earth uh, as well as within music, within DJing, within producing, within hip-hop, within music as a whole within cultural sayings that are ingrained in our life all over the place, within songs you hear everywhere. Such an iconic, amazing guest and someone that I have a long history with that we break down in this episode, all of the things that we've been through in our connections. So uh, without further ado, I'm going to let our guest do the intro right here on the 100th episode of the 20 podcast let's get into it ladies and gentlemen i would like to formally welcome you to the 100th episode yes one fucking 100th episode of the 20 podcast with dj God, that was incredible. Can't get better than that. Let's get into it. Today's a special show. Obviously, I dressed up. I put on a jacket. I put on a shirt. I got a bottle yeah, of champagne. 
Okay, you didn't get I the didn't memo. Get the fucking memo. It's okay because <laughs> it's I'm I'm like the Conan O'Brien or the Jimmy Fallon. I'm I can dress up. You can wear. You got to be yourself. It's the hundredth right. hundredth episode. So we just wow. hit it. Congratulations. Thank you. Congratulations. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you. Thank yeah, you. There you go. There we go. There's the crowd. Right. And uh, but the real congratulations needs to be for you, little John, coming on the show. Welcome. That's Finally right. got it to happen. Finally got it to happen. Finally happened. We've been asking since show two. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Yo, since quarantine. Uh, yeah, since quarantine. We've talked a lot. We've had many, many conversations over quarantine, but they have not been recorded. Uh, I, I mean, you know, I got to let the people know if it weren't for you, I might not have been on Twitch because I saw you on there and then, you know, talk to you and um Derek and you guys kind of showed me how to get into it and then me and Derek's connected and we were on this long journey for over a year exactly that blood out that's right thank you Snoop blood out yo <laughs> <laughs> we uh right like i i you know saw this twitch thing in the very beginning of quarantine and you know, I saw people doing the Instagram thing, and um, and right. our our mutual friend Derek, aka Urban Medium, out in Atlanta, was like, "Yo, you seen this shit? Yellow Duck? You can broadcast onto Instagram." Right. And he's you know an amazing artist, and he created me this dope outline. He's like, "Look at this. Yep. We could do this. We could do that." And then we're looking into Twitch, and I remember I did a couple streams, and yeah, you hit me up like. How the fuck are you doing that? <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, exactly. I was like, I think, yeah, I think I was just watching everybody else and sitting back and figuring out what I wanted to do. Right. So I hadn't got it, gotten into it yet, but I was like, okay, D Nice is doing this thing. All of these DJs is going up and doing their thing, and people are hitting me like, when you going to go up and DJ? And I'm like, let me. I'm just gonna sit back and watch and wait yeah. and figure out what I want to do, so I'm not doing exactly what everybody else is doing. Right, exactly, yeah. And I remember you saying that when we talked, like you were like, nobody's doing the down south music. No one's doing right. just club stuff, hip hop. You know, everybody's doing these chill vibes or whatever they want, sample things right. and stuff in their room. And, and even reggae, like you did that crazy dance hall set that when we were still streaming on Instagram. And it yeah. like, that, that was sh- crazy. Oh, that was so Beanie. Beanie- <laughs> Beanie Man came through that night and like Jamaica was in the building for real like yes. that day. So that's what was really crazy. And um, yeah, I mean, it's it's really crazy to think back what we just came out of. It really you know I mean? is. Like, yeah. we were all in the house. All of us DJs were forced to learn new technology that we didn't necessarily know. We got to play music that we don't normally play on the Internet and we had some fun, you know what yeah. I mean? So, yeah, it was great. Yeah, no, it was, uh, I mean, definitely some, like, silver lining came out of it. It was fun. We got to get to know a bunch of other DJs, too, and yeah, kind of connect with, with everybody. And even, like, you threw your birthday and had artistic and, like, all types of Four Color Zach, uh, yeah. you know, brought everyone. Yeah. That Honestly, that feels like. 10 years ago <laughs> somehow. Yeah, for real. <laughs> like, like I, I can't believe that was, that was this year, right? I that think, was, yeah, that was this year. That was not even January. a year ago. Oh, that was this year. That was year. January. <laughs> yeah. Wow. That was January. My birthday is January. So, yeah. And, I mean, yeah. I mean, I think the other awesome thing about, uh, like, Twitch is that 
it showed a lot of DJs. They could make a lot of damn money by not even leaving their crib. Cause I see a lot of DJs yes. still on Twitch every day or every couple of days doing three, four sets a week and not even really in the club. They just <laughs> on Twitch still. It's true. And they making a lot of money. Um, yeah. But me, I know, you know, I think you, you, one of the questions that a lot of people have for me is when are you going back up? And I don't think I'm going back up. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. You here's guys why. heard it here. Yeah. Why? Why not? Because here, we did get here, a lot of questions. Here's why. Yeah. Here's why. Because I'm, you know, in Vegas three weekends a month. Right. I get one weekend off a month. And also, I'm filming my HGTV show. Yes. Lil John wants to do what? So oh. when I'm not in Vegas, I'm designing rooms of people's houses. I'm designing houses. So it's like I need to rest. You know what I mean? So that week off is well needed or I got to film. So by the time Saturday comes around, we usually don't film on a Saturday yeah. or a Sunday. Well, Saturday was when I was going up. So I'm resting if I'm home. So I'm just like. <laughs> As you I should. don't really have time for it, you know, yeah. but I, we are in talks with, uh, Axis television Ooh. and we're going to be bringing back Dr. Lil John. We did a pilot episode, yes. Dr. Lil John. That was well received, pretty funny. And yeah, <laughs> was great. myself, myself and Axis TV, we, we, we're working out this as well. The deal is done, but we're figuring out what we're going to do and we're going to bring back Dr. Lil John. So you will get some Lil John <laughs> on the internet again, on Twitch, on Facebook, on YouTube. Okay, good. Uh, yeah, people need people need that advice. I mean, I don't know if, if anyone didn't catch it. <laughs> you were you went on and basically were like Doctor Phil, but you were Doctor Little John, and it was way more abstract though. <laughs> A lot of crazy, yeah, sound effects. Yeah, we want we wanted to make it really fun, like Eric Andre meets yes. Doctor Phil. <laughs> that was exactly what it was. Yeah, but not as crazy as Eric Andre tearing up the set, but it's weird <laughs> and fun and a lot of comedy, a lot of funny stuff and weird stuff we pull from the internet to show everybody. So it's a good fun show and it's, yeah, it's coming back. Yeah, it was like a combination of like a million different shows. You know, the Eric Andre thing, the like Jesus and Mero showing the clips and then yeah. getting advice yep. and people calling, people, <laughs> you had a phone number where people were calling in, yeah. <laughs> leaving crazy yeah, yeah. messages. <laughs> Yeah. Um, yeah, it was fine, man. Okay, dope. So so we'll be able to look out for Dr. Little John. That deal is done. And then you mentioned something that I think some people may not expect, that you're building rooms in people's houses and you have a show on HGTV. I mean, I don't know if that was yeah something on so, people's bingo card. But, yeah, what's the deal with yeah, that? Yeah, it's pretty crazy. So I got into design uh, because I had a flood in my house. We were in L.A. and on the top floor of our house in the bathroom, the water, a pipe burst and it was running for a week. Oh, shit. so a house, the house got flooded. Um, and we basically went through two bad contractors and we decided, you know what? We gutted the house. We had gutted the house by the second contractor and we decided, you know what? Let's make this home where we don't want to leave no more. Like let's like, I'm going to be here forever the rest of my life. So let's really upgrade it and make it fantastic. And I met this really cool designer. She had a show called uh, Mega Dance. Her name is Anitra Mechadon. Okay. And so I reached out to her because I like what she was doing on her show. And then we connected 
and we started, you know, kind of designing my house along with uh, Patty Collins, who was working with her at the time. He's a great, um, great carpenter, and he does all kind of everything, really. He's like a mad scientist. Wow. So all three of us, you know, after we did my house, we were like, you know, we did such a good job with this. Like, they were like, you know, you could do this for real. Like, you're really good at design. I was like, really? Oh, okay. <laughs> so... We put together a pilot and we shot the pilot for a couple years and HGTV picked up and the show's called Lil John Wants to Do What? So I basically go meet families and they tell me like, you know, what they want done to certain rooms of their house. Like, so the pilot episode, we did someone's basement. They had a really terrible, shitty basement that smelled like cat urine. (laughs) And <laughs> and we went in there and did some amazing things. I don't want to give too much of the right. show away, but that's basically what it is. Like I'm doing, you know, I could do any kind of room in someone's house. I don't even want to tell you any more episodes. But right, right. Yeah, the first episode we did a basement, you know. Amazing. Oh, I can't wait to see it. They need to bring you in and have you de- uh, design like a DJ booth, like a crazy, uh, the perfect booth of a club. You've been in so I many. I mean, that... I mean, definitely can do that. Definitely can do that. So the the show is looking to air in spring. So yeah, we're we're right now in the middle of filming. I'm filming five episodes at once. So wow. yeah, that's why another reason why I'm not going up on Saturday nights because a lot of design and a lot of design takes a lot of thinking. Yeah, a lot of going on the internet and looking at all kinds of different, you know, homes and past homes from the 50s 30s 20s all kind of architecture all kind of landscaping because i'm we're doing all of that i'm doing wow. everything so yeah it's Damn, a lot little, of research uh, and there's a lot of little do think people think that little john is on pinterest saving their uh <laughs> making a mood board yeah but <laughs> i mean definitely on pinterest i love etsy a lot <laughs> that's amazing. i find some really cool stuff on etsy i like to go to uh secondhand stores and find antique furniture and vintage stores and find vintage stuff like all of that is really fun Yo, I know where to get all the bargains. That's, a, that's actually, this is exactly what my wife is doing right now. Like my wife started an interior design business during the quarantine and it started really? to blow up and she's doing so much stuff. And Sunday morning she's out, like I'm going to sleep at five in the morning and she's heading out to the Rose Bowl to like find yes, antique I was furniture. Gonna, I was going to ask you if she knew about the Rose Bowl oh. because they have one of those in Atlanta. It's like once a month yeah. and it's all of these vendors from all over the place and you can find everything ladies and gentlemen if you really want to find some cool stuff for your home and you live in california yeah it's once a month you have to look it up i don't know what it's called but they have it at the rose bowl damn they're gonna get you on that uh what was that show used to be on antique road show over there they were like people would be like my grandpa gave me this piece of paper i don't know what it's worth and they're like this is worth two hundred fifty thousand dollars hey i need to find some of that stuff boy you might you yes might. sir but yeah that's uh, i see my wife doing that shit all the time i'm like let's let, and the same thing i want to make our house like the forever house so uh it's fun bro when you go shit. once you get get going and you immerse yourself into that world yeah it's so much fun it, like just think about how fun it was during quarantine learning how to 
set your all your cameras up, learning the cameras, learning right. the audio, learning all of this, learning how to basically you learn the new language, right? Yeah. So think of how fun that was learning and and figuring out troubleshooting is also fun. When you figure it, like I'm the type is something I I can't let it win. Yeah. So I'm going to figure out and that's actually that leads into a story uh, I figured out some stuff for with Roland with their Go mixer that they didn't even know, and they ended up using that technology to help Versus out because I connected Roland with Versus when Versus was still sending stuff to people's houses for them to to do this stuff from home. So, but That's I figured incredible. out some technology because. I think we might have called you. And yeah, we're yeah, we were, you, could we you were on the out? phone. I remember, like, because this is a this is a lesson to all DJs out there, and just anybody in any industry. But like you, like you said, it was fun. We were on the phone for two, three hours some nights trying to figure out right. how OBS would work with the GoPro and with the Rolling right. Go and the mixer, and how we could get all right. the different angles. And I think a lot of people and a lot of other people I talked to were like, "Fuck this! I can't deal with this shit. This isn't my exactly. life. This isn't what I want." <laughs> You right. made it happen. You probably could have just paid somebody or had someone come do some shit. I mean, no one wanted anyone in their house at the time. But, like, right. still, like, you were having fun. We were all having fun with it and just going, you could do this, well, you could do that, you know. You lead right into something that pe- a lot of people don't know uh, is the way we were doing my show. Right. Most people had somebody at their house working the other stuff yeah. un- unless they were just doing it themselves. I... Myself and Derek from Urban Medium, we figured out, well, it was me. I came up with, let's, let, why don't you virtually log on to my computer and work these scenes from your house, but on my computer? Because anytime we told somebody what we were doing, they were like, how the hell is that working? <laughs> I know. And, and I just know how to, I knew how to do it because team viewer, whenever you have a problem with like, say a NPC or something like that, yeah. they would say, can you get on team viewer and let me work your computer and go in your computer and see what's wrong. Right. So I used that and applied it to us where Derek was working the scenes in OBS from his house on my computer. And then we got, we figured out even you know, we started to use splash top cause it was quicker and it was less lag and blah, 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 blah. But that's what, you know, necessity made us figure it out and make it work. But yeah, Derek, nobody was at my house, but me, Derek was at his house working all the equipment and I went in my house doing my thing. So no, I, I know of no one else that was doing it like we were doing no, it. Cause we either. even talked to, yeah. when we were first getting going, I remember talking to like Ellen's, um, technical guys and yeah. asking them how are they doing the Ellen show from home and they we told them what we were doing they were like how are you how is that how huh <laughs> how are you doing that that's not what we're doing but I mean if that works for you you know keep going that's so, that, that's crazy. Hip-hop, that's hip-hop right there that's just making shit happen right. you know plugging it in making some shit Plugging the mic, plugging the headphones into the mic. Exactly. Jack, like like mic. <laughs> utilizing equipment that the people who made the equipment don't even know that it could do that. Like Roland or something right. like that. Right. And the team viewer and like people, they never even envisioned it. It was like, that's what hip hop's all about though, is taking it and just reflipping it and the samplers and the sounds and it all comes back full circle. And there's a reason why you of all people made that happen. I think because you've been making shit happen, you know, for over 30 years like that. 
I'm just, I, I got to figure it out. I can't let something get me. I got to figure it out. Yeah. I just, that's just my personality. So I, I, I like to have a challenge sometimes. Right. You know I mean, everything got, is always too well, easy. You also made it way more challenging too, because no, I don't think a lot of people saw what Derek Urban Mediums, uh, the OBS side window looked like because some oh people are like God. oh man i got so many scenes i need to do this and this and this and i'm like you have no idea like derek right. showed me your scenes there's hundreds if not thousands of yeah. clips and videos and then you guys had it set up where if you were going to play a ludicrous song he had all these different ludicrous videos he could click or if you were yeah. like yo where the ladies at or like shake your ass or whatever it was he had different clips to just bring up instantly right on there yeah. Yeah. I mean, we made we like I said earlier, I really wanted my set to be true, extremely and truly unique. And I think that's what we accomplished because so I, I ran into people, you know, once we got back out of quarantine that was like, yo, I watch you every Saturday night and all this. And I'm like, wow, because, you know, you never think you're going to meet the people who you're talking to in the chat right. or whatever in yeah. real life. And then you meet people and they appreciate what you were doing. But, but yeah, so the streaming, I mean, you're not planning on going back on. But, um, but I, I still think we should, like, you know, give you props for what you did. Like, you played every single Saturday. I think you maybe missed one. You played every Saturday for at least yeah. a year straight, right? Um, on Twitch yeah. and on Over every platform. Year. Over a year. Because I, I think we would go, We went up until March or April. Yeah. Because I don't think I went back to Vegas till. Well, I went, I, I went and did. All right, so I went. The person that got me out of the house first was yeah. Usher. Usher, okay. Because... I had to get out of the house to go to L.A. to finish up doing the music for his Vegas residency. Right. So myself, along with um, DJ Chronic, uh, we put together Usher's music for his Vegas residency. So that was the first time I got my shot. And the next day I was supposed to get on the plane with that shot kicked my ass. So I got on the plane the next the following day and went to Vegas and was out there for like I don't know, two weeks working. I don't even remember how long we was working on it there, but uh, working on the music. And then, you know, when we went to L.A., I was also working with the Vila Brothers because they are basically the band for the show. Okay. And um, so we were all just, you know, add more stuff to what me and Chronic had did, the basic stuff that me and Chronic did. So we was beefing that up to give it a live feel. But, yeah, that first time I got out of the house was to go to L.A. to work on Usher's Las Vegas residency. So if you've seen the show and you like the show and you like the way the music flows in the show, that's your boy. Because one <laughs> thing what I, what I wanted to do going into it when Usher called me and we talked about it is I hate when I go to shows and it's, they do a song and they stop. Yeah. They do a song and they stop. They do a song and they stop and talk. And I wanted it to flow like a DJ, like a party, and I looked at it from the standpoint as a fan of Usher, what song would I want to hear after this song? Or what songs would be in the set? What's in the encore? Right. If I was to remix, because I remixed some of the songs to give them a different feel because we're doing it live, how would I do that? Boom, right. boom, boom, boom. So I took a lot of time to think about it and dive in. And even before I dived into the music, 
I watched everybody who's ever had a Las Vegas residency from Britney Spears wow. uh, to Elton John, Celine, um, Janet, every single J-Lo, Pitbull. I watched everybody's live show so I could get an understanding of what they did and now what we need to do. So it's a lot of work. That is a lot of work. That's dope, though. That's crazy research. Like, was there any sort of one running theme that went through all of them that they all did that worked? No, I I would say I think a lot of people pattern after Britney because she had one of the most successful uh, Vegas residencies ever. So people tried to kind of do like Britney, have a lot of dancers. Like Britney might have had 15 to 20 dancers. So it made her look better, even if her steps weren't, if she wasn't as good as a dancer as everybody else, she looked good because she had a surrounding cast. It was a big show, yeah. So, uh, you know, I I think that's just maybe one thing right there is just having a lot of dancers to make the the artist look better. Right. And it's Vegas, and you just want everything just to be big and crazy. And you notice it with the nightclubs. They got cryo. They got this. They got lights. They got lasers. And the more shit, the better almost in Vegas. Right. And that's one thing I would tell them. I'm like, bro, you got to have this shit got to be crazy for the visuals because they can go to, you know, excess or they can go to they can go to Omnia. It's a million dollar chandelier. You know what I'm saying? Like they can see a crazy show at a nightclub. So we got to make sure we're on another level with these visuals. Yeah. Oh, that's dope. And yeah, like you were saying, you were in inside the house, you know, and you were in Georgia. I know people around you were going out and like, we don't care, you know, COVID, schmovid. But you were like inside doing the streaming thing. You're like, I'm not coming out at all. So (laughs) people got tried to get me to come out to shoot videos and do all kind of stuff. I'm like, nope, I'm not moving. I'm staying right here. I'm good. I'll do it on. I do it on the Zoom or I do it for my little setup that we do Saturdays on. But Nah, I'm I'm not moving, but Usher got me out the house. Right. And to go straight from in the house to Las Vegas is probably like shock to the system. That was the first place I went for my first out of the house wow. gig too. And I was like, what's happening right now? Like, I don't know what yeah. I'm supposed to feel or who to be scared of or not. You know, with like COVID wise, like it was it, a lot. for me, it was like, it was just like, we just picked right up where we left off. I, right. It wasn't weird to me at all. That's and good. Yeah, I saw a lot of people talking about it, and they were like, oh, my God. And I'm like, it's just the same thing. It's just like I picked up where I left off. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Because I guess, yeah, I mean, I had been in the studio with Usher for all that time, and we we didn't go nowhere. We were just basically in the studio working. And then, yeah, I think came off of that, went back to Vegas. Vegas is raging. And yeah. it's like, all right, I got to start drinking again. Damn. <laughs> Your body's like, I would no. Only, yeah, I would only drink on Saturdays for my set. And I did get shit-faced a couple times during that, a lot of times. But other than that, I wasn't drinking. You know what I mean? Like, you know how we yeah. drink on the road Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and blah, 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 blah. But So I didn't miss that or the airplanes at all. I didn't miss traveling at all. I still don't miss the airplane. I've been back on planes going back and forth, Boston, this, that, New York. And I'm like, all right, this is not as fun with the mask and all that. I'll say. (laughs) I just get on and go to sleep. I have my sleep music. I got a big blanket. I pull out of my bag. I'm comfortable. I knock right out. I'm good. 
That's good. That's good. Yeah. I mean, you just got to, I, now I feel more normal. Like now I'm back in the zone. I'm like, all right, we're going show to show. What can I do? Everywhere is different too. And like you said, Vegas is insane right now. Like people want to party like, you know, and for a DJ, it's amazing. I mean, what has it been like for you? You can just, you know, are you able to just to play everything? Uh, well, I will say when I came back, the first gigs I did were not Vegas. I think Vegas was that weekend, but I was able to have some tune-up gigs. Okay. Because the thing, I'm sure a lot of DJs will say, if you were streaming a lot and then you went back to the club, you noticed you had to alter the way you DJ to get back to the club. Because yes. we altered the way we were DJing at home because we were online. You can do it differently. You can play songs longer. You can do this or that. Right. So I had... Two gigs in Texas that tuned me up, and then I had that Saturday in Vegas, and by Saturday I knew exactly what I need to do. But, uh, yeah, I mean, the people were raging. When I first came back out, they were raging, like, super hard. When I hit Vegas, they were raging extra hard. It was crazy to be back in Vegas in the sense of every week was crazy it was a big something big going on every weekend for five six months straight and it just started to slow down but we all think it's going to be another spike because canada is open now the uk is opening up yeah they about to open up some other countries now to fly and come in so we might get a you know when we normally a slow season we might get a uptick because everybody's now all these other countries are opening back up that's true. And like for, you know, a lot of people didn't make money during the pandemic, but a lot of people did made a lot of money, you know, on the other I, end of things. I know some people that made a lot of money in the medical profession and yeah, they just out. Right. Medical. Spending money crypto, like crazy. Cryptocurrency people, yes. like all kinds of people are coming out. Yes. And I think they're ready to like really spend money, you know, so we'll see. Spring next year into summer 22. It's going to be insane because the whole damn world. I looked up the vaccination numbers. It's three, almost four billion people in the world vaccinated. And it's 12 billion people in the world. Really? So, yeah, it's three billion, almost four billion people are vaccinated in the entire world. So, by spring, the number's going to grow and more countries are you know, the, 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 you know, COVID infection rates are going down everywhere. Right. So by spring, it's going to be back to normal damn near. It's going to be like, okay, is they going to be, think about the flu way back in the day yeah. before our time was deadly, yeah. you know, and they learned to live with the flu. It's going to be the same thing. We're going to learn to live with COVID. That, that's what I'm you know saying. What I mean? I'm like, I'm just going to do my best. I live with common sense and then just live my life. I can't just, we can't just sit inside yeah. all the time. Um, and you're going to, we human beings, we're going to adapt. We're going to yeah. develop immunity to it or a certain, it's not going to be as deadly or, you know, so on and so forth. So exactly. it's just, and it's also just, just drink water, you know, take, you know, eat more greens, drink green juice, take ginger shots, boost your immune system. And you don't really have much to worry about. Right. Your body's strong and fight it off. And all the like conspiracy people that are like, I don't hear anybody talking about boosting your immune system. It's like, yes, that's common sense, obviously, but like get the vaccine. No, it's do not. It all. No, well, it's not I guess common you're right. sense. <laughs> it's not a lot of people are not used to taking certain supplements. Like a lot of people don't know about echinacea. 
right, or that's true. Licorice, licorice, licorice root or all these other roots that is natural things that abuse your immune system. Yeah, ginger, even like, ginger shots. Yeah. And like people these mushrooms. There's crazy mushrooms for like immunity and. Yeah, um, people don't really know. And on the news, all they was telling us was wash your hands. Right. All right, they said, true. no one ever said. Boost your immune system. Get vitamin C in your system. <laughs> right, Take right. echinacea. You know, nobody, all you heard on the news when COVID hit, wash your hands, stay six feet away, and wear a mask. Nothing about boosting your immune system. Yeah, I guess you're right. Yeah. And then they're like, take the vaccine. But it's like, obviously, you have to do all of it just to to be safe. And then just live your life. Like yeah. you said, we're going to adapt. This is actually, this is a real Dr. Little John segment. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> this is, you need to have like blue shield insurance to hit, listen to this part because we're getting some real advice. <laughs> so I'm going to give, I'm going to give y'all another one. Ladies and gentlemen, if you want to know how to not get hangovers anymore. Oh. Now everybody knows how much I drink, how many shots I take. That's right. I have a song called Shots and a song called Drink, 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 Drink. Uh, and a song called Let's Get Fucked Up. So I know about fucking drinking. All right. What I started to listen to, I started to see all these Dr. Sebi videos about four or five years ago. Right. So I started to look at some of the Dr. Sebi videos. And I was like, I'm going to try this CMOS out. So after about six months of taking CMOS, I woke up one day like, why don't I have a hangover? And then I was like, let me look at what I've been doing. And I'm like, no, it can't be that. It's not, it's the sea moss. So I'm that I'm a person that lives by the sea moss, sea moss every day because it's 92 of 102 minerals your body needs to survive. So stuff that you wouldn't normally get from eating. Like even if you ate right, you're not going to get certain minerals, right? So the sea moss is replenishing these minerals in your body and your body storing this shit. So when you do have a hangover, it will like when you're drinking and you're dehydrated and you're, you know, whatever the fuck. Yeah. It helps to replenish your body and help you to repair. And it's also anti-inflammatory as well. So I don't get hangovers no more. Shit. Okay. Well, I'm about to buy some. <laughs> I'm gonna get some of that. You need to. Add, you need to do like a shots part two, and then add that at the end. Like, see my shot. <laughs> you won't get hungover. Um. <laughs> and and I I'm also involved with developing a anti hangover uh, remedy. Not not a remedy, but an anti hangover something you take before you go out drinking. It's called Hanku. We're probably going to be coming out spring next year. You just pour it in your bottle of water, drink it before you go out or when you get in, and it helps to replenish your body also of nutrients and minerals. You know, it's basically, it's electrolytes, all of that good stuff. So I'm involved with that. That'll be coming next year. So it's a lot of big things from Lil John coming next year. There's a lot of big things. You know the fucking vibes? You know the fucking vibes? <laughs> what, Sam, what's it called? Hang, hang cool? Hang cool. H-A-N-G-C-U. Okay, hang cool. All right, Hanku. all right. I'm getting sea moss and I'm drinking hang cool when it comes out. Um, and yes, we didn't even talk about that you're hosting... Uh, bachelor in paradise, right? I saw you like spraying yeah. champagne bottles all over people's face the other day or something. <laughs> <laughs> no, I didn't spray no ice cream. Uh, yeah, so that was a really cool experience this year. I got to uh, 
host Bachelor in Paradise for an episode, well, two episodes, I guess. Yeah. Um, it was different, you know, because um, I, I've i been on The Bachelorette once and, right. like, I came and helped somebody out, you know, this young lady named Becca. She was The Bachelorette that season. I came to help her out on a date and they came came to me with the opportunity to be one of the guest hosts for this season. And I was like, hell yeah, I'm down. That's so amazing. that was really, really fun as well as I was doing the voiceovers for the show. I've never done a voiceover for like a major television show. So that was awesome too. So yeah. I always wanted to do voiceovers for stuff, but hadn't gotten those phone calls. So that was really cool. So thank right, you. You're Bachelor perfect Nation. for that. Yeah. Bachelor nation. Yeah, That's I mean, amazing. Yeah. You're perfect for that. That's crazy. Wait, what did you, I mean, I have to admit, I didn't see the episode where you helped her out on the date, but what, what happened? what did you do? Well, basically this guy had, was on the show and he was trying to, he was using the young lady that I helped out. He was using her to stay on the show until his, girlfriend back home eventually came on the show. Oh shit. So basically he had an ulterior motive and he was, like I said, he was using her. Okay. And the plan, their plan got foiled and everybody was like, yo, what the, what the fuck? That's some (laughs) fuck. That's foul. Like y'all need to leave. And so they ended up leaving the show. And you know, when it came to the rose ceremony, they gave her a rose as a pass so she could continue on to the next, you know, stay on the show. Right. And so she was really crying because, you know, that was some really hurtful shit to do to somebody to use them like that. So I came in and I'm like, look, we're going to get all of that out. We're going to now we, we're going to change the vibe and bring some positive in here and let's spray this champagne to get rid of all that negative stuff right. and move on. And now new start. So, okay, I think that little, was the champagne clip shit. I saw. Yeah, little John shit. <laughs> Normal. Yeah, little John shit. Some doctor little John. A lot of doctor little John shit coming out. We we need to get a judge little John show where you like are just judging shit. <laughs> I think that would be pretty I want, good. I I actually want to do a game show. Oh, I want to do a game show. That would be incredible. I don't know. Yeah. I yeah. I want to do a game show. Game show. Because I'm going to tell you also why I want to do a game show. It's fun, and I'm a great people person. But also, I asked Wayne Brady one day. I ran into Wayne Brady. Yeah. I was like, how is it doing Let's Make a Deal? And he was like, they just backed the truck up to your house, man. I was like, really? <laughs> the bi- the like, Brinks I want to do a game show. <laughs> yeah, they just back it up to your house. Yo, I guess that's. Someone was telling me I'm, about Judge Judy that, like, she films every single episode in this tiny piece of time in the year and then spends the rest of the year like on a yacht yep. or whatever she wants to do and they show the that's show what I heard. 365 days a year they show it she films for a couple weeks and then that's it so i'm sure that's what he's talking same with alex trebek when he was around like i heard they would film the whole year in like a small amount of time yeah the same thing with jeff foxworthy when he was doing yeah. his thing too same thing so yeah, yeah. steve harvey um, steve harvey knows what's yep. up <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, that would be great to just shoot for like a month, like and shoot 50. Just imagine how much money your boy Rob Deerdick makes off ridiculousness. I think I've seen every episode 20 times. And they, they're oh, on 20. God damn. They're on 24 hours a day. Uh, yeah, it's all good. Yeah, it's like ridiculous. <laughs> all right, sorry about that. Okay. People calling me like... I'm filming. Leave me alone. <laughs> You're like, I film 24 hours a day now. 
Um, yeah, I'm like, TV is where I want to retire to. If I ever come off the road as a DJ, I want to be in the TV world because I just, I love people. And I, it's just great to, to like see the smile on people's faces when you help them out or you do something for them or whatever, whatever. And just connecting with different people, man, is great. So, yeah, hopefully one day when, yeah, I'm done with DJing and I'm just on TV every day. <laughs> I can see it. You're, you're manifesting it. You're making it happen. I mean, you right now you have, you know, you're hosting Bachelor, Bachelor in Paradise. Uh, you got your HGTV show. You got Dr. Little John. You've done so much. I mean, you were on Celebrity Apprentice and all those other things. And uh, so I think you're, you're, you're Well, you're Celebrity your Apprentice is, that's way back. <laughs> <laughs> that's a I long know. time ago. <laughs> but, I, but still, people, well, people knew you from that. And then when Trump became president, yeah, yeah. they tried to bring it back, I think. They're just like, wait, yeah. remember that? Yeah, they, you're like, I don't yeah, know if I want to remember. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So. <laughs> um it's all good yeah that's crazy and and um and so just one more thing to talk about the like streaming and the vegas and all the different sets the uh, one more difference that i wanted to highlight too was that you were djing for a super long time online and we were doing these three four more hour sets and in vegas yes. and places you you have 90 minutes you have 120 minutes two basically. hours yep. yeah two hours but two hours feels short sometimes. Like, I'll DJ for one hour, nah, and I'm like, bruh. that felt like five minutes. And then I DJ for another 15 minutes, and then, like, you got 40 minutes left. And I'm like, people, I feel like I just started, you know? So especially yeah. coming back from those long sets. Like, isn't that a big difference to Man, you? Man, when I first got back DJing, I had so much wind. It was ridiculous. Like, right. yeah, like, I would do four hours some nights. You know what I mean? So now... It's, I got to do two hours, and it's like, damn, this it? Like, I'm, <laughs> right. I can go another hour easy. Yep. Like, I need more time, <laughs> you know. But you, sometimes you just go over and have fun. But now I'm back to I'm good with two hours again. I'm, I'm just <laughs> <laughs> I'm good with just that two hours. I know what you mean. You know, yeah, I had to do a yeah. few, and I went and went three hours, three and a half hours, and I'm like, yeah, let's go. I close the club down. But then the past two sets, I was in Vegas and Atlantic City. I'm like, all right, I'll just do the two and be good. I'm, I'm now I'm back yeah. used to it because <laughs> you yeah, just exactly, hit them exactly just with every single big song. Get on yeah. the mic, you know, do all that stuff, uh, yes, sir. That's that's amazing. Um, so well, what we didn't talk about was I'm sure people want to know. When am I putting out more music? <laughs> Yay! We need to talk about well, that. You know, that's a huge thing. And, we, we, you know, it's all, uh, when can we play it on Beat Source and DJ City and all that? <laughs> so. Yeah, let us know. One, re one really cool thing that happened is J. Cole's album this year, he came out where he sampled Put Your Hood Up. Yeah. First song on the album. He's on tour right now. That's the first song you hear on tour when he comes out on stage. Oh, wow. Uh, and he hit me up when he was in Vegas. Like, yo. No, actually, one day he hit me and we were playing phone tag. And then I was I had done upset in Vegas. It was like, and I think I was still awake. It was like 6 a.m. And he called me back and we talked for like an hour. Wow. Just about everything. And was like, yo, we need to get in the studio. And... You know, like that's amazing. You know, mutual admiration for each other's work and yeah. blah blah blah. And he called me when he was in Vegas, and I went in the studio with him, and we knocked out a song. And then we we were talking about getting back in 
and getting some fresh Lil John beats from scratch with him in the studio. So I feel his energy and create off of his energy. Yes. So we're going to do that as well. So, so Lil John, J. Cole song coming and hopefully much more. Um, I, I actually talked to Steve Aoki recently cause I've been recording like a lot. Just when I did bachelor in paradise, I had to quarantine for eight days before we could start shooting. Right. Not because I had COVID because they just required that. Right. Yeah. Um, so I just brought my my setup and I just recorded like six songs. So I got all of these songs I've been recording. And so I talked to Aoki and we're going to probably put them all out through Demac. So I got so many records. So Crazy. Um, next year is going to be a bunch of Lil John, me and Chronic, me and Chronic, J Sounds, me and Sack Noel. I got a record I did with Valentino Khan. It's pretty crazy. Nice. Wookie. Yes. Um, Looney Tunes um, and just a bunch of other stuff. My man, uh, KD1 from the DR. We got some Dimbo stuff coming. So I got a lot of music coming for 2022. So that's be on look out for all of that. And it's all over. It's all over the board, like genre wise. Uh, right. Like you said, Dembo, some like EDM and uh Hip hop, hip hop, pop. Yeah, I mean, even that awesome. song you guys did, uh, yeah, Sack Noel. I mean, his, him and Pitbull have that, uh, that their songs going pop right now, right? Yeah, it's it's doing really good for him. I mean, it's crazy. Pitt's been around all this time, and he got another record that's charted and moving up the charts really fast. So it's great. I'm so happy for him. He just he's on tour right now too, and he's doing it. So yeah, me and me and Sack Noel got some stuff we did together on. Pitt's new album so hopefully he uses it <laughs> hit um but shout out to phenom too because phenom connected me and sack you know together yep. recently and that's what we did the pepas remix and then all of these some of this new stuff that we got that's not released yet and as well as phenom phenom is just a dot connector because he connected yes. me with chronic way back too right. so yeah shout out to phenom for just being the motherfucking man yeah, Phenom, we're giving you Phenom. We giving yes, your sir. flowers to you, man. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Phenom, you're the man. <laughs> nah, for real. I mean, he. I wouldn't be doing this podcast without him too. He hit me up like, "Yo, you right. like telling DJ stories and talking to people, and you know people." We're starting this thing called Beat Source. Would you want to do a podcast? I'm like, you want me just to talk? All right. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> like you said, I mean, he's just the ultimate dot connector, and yeah. like always had. I think he just loves the culture and he just loves yes. making things happen. It always comes from the right place, you know, and he right. likes getting DJs paid and he doesn't worry about right. like the status of somebody. He's putting DJs out right. on tour right now with Pitbull to open that have never done anything like that. It's like the biggest thing right. in their career. So yeah, shout yeah. to Phenom. Salute, Edwin. brother. Salute, Edwin. Thank you. You're the man. Not the government. You hit him with the government name. I mean, his, his Instagram, it says Edwin. <laughs> it says Edwin DJ City. Uh, uh, I'm, we're going to give out his address so, on the next episode. And then uh, <laughs> and his social security number and all of that. Uh, and then people will be trying to get record deals. And uh, No, he, he he's the man. He's putting it putting all the dots together and um yeah, yeah man i can't wait to hear that that's crazy i did not know about the j cole stuff and that's such a yeah. odd combination but it's amazing i feel like it's and, and right. he's a producer too right so he knows yeah. about beats and he has his own vision so you guys in the studio to, together 
it would be so crazy just from the music and the lyrics and and vocal standpoint. And it's crazy because the session we just had, he was producing me. Like there you go. It's hard for like I'm an artist producer, yeah. And like the only person that's really produced me well, and I sat back and shut up and did exactly what he said was Rick Rubin. Like oh, wow. when I worked with Rick Rubin, I was just like. I'm going to do it exactly like you said. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. And then that's kind of what happened with J. Cole. He he had in his mind a vision for a song. He wanted a certain way. He wanted me to sound a certain way. And it took us for a second to get it. Not a second, but it right. it took me a second to understand exactly what he was meaning. But then when I saw his vision and I was like, ah, okay. And I just kind of sat back and did it, you know, kind of exactly how he wanted me to do it. So it's cool. It's cool to sit back and let other people take the reins. But sometimes people think they know what Lil John's supposed to sound like, and their Lil John ain't ain't Lil John. You know what I mean? I <laughs> right. kind of tell people like, "Let me do this. I got it." Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, I mean, I, I've heard you tell stories about how a lot of your songs were made. And a lot of the stories just come from real life. You're like, I heard someone chanting this. I heard someone saying this. And I'm like, boom, we got to make this into a song. Like, tell me when to go. And a lot of your first songs, right? Like, in the yeah. even in the mid-90s, like, it came from just you hearing somebody chanting something, right? So I think you have a thing where you're just very tapped into the culture and you're able to show people whatever the culture you're a part of, whether you're doing an EDM song or a Down South song or something, you're able to kind of peel back the curtain and like show them like the real part of things. Right. I mean, I think that's why people get attracted to your music and why it's so classic and lasts kind of forever. Yeah. I mean, a good producer, you have to be a good listener and you have to yeah. pay attention to what's going on because something someone says could be a hook. That right. could be some, I mean, there's been plenty of times I'm in the studio. I'm like, that's the hook right there. <laughs> like when we were doing damn, we were in the studio two days trying to get a hook for this song. The beat was done. Right. And I think the second day we had a party. We called strippers in. We were in Stank on Your Studios. We called strippers. We had a party in the studio. And then I think Bo Hagen was just like, you don't give a damn. I don't give a fuck. I was like, that's it right there. And they were like, huh? That's it? I'm like, trust me. Watch what I do when I do my part. So he laid, Bo Hagen laid the part. If you don't give a damn, and I'm like, don't start no shit. What we like? Oh my god, this is out of here. You know Crazy. what I mean? So classic, I, I just, like like never that, that, gets old. It's it, that song. That's why it's better to be like for me as a producer. I like being in the studio. I don't like sending beats out. I like to right. be in the studio and then catch a vibe when I'm doing the beat because the energy of that person comes. Like the beats I did for E40 don't sound like the beats I did for anybody else. That was because right. his energy got onto me and then that came out into the drums and into the beat. You know what I mean? So it's always better for me to go in the studio with somebody and create because we come out with way better stuff. Right. And then as a DJ, when you play it, it almost brings out that energy in the real world. You know, and people are like, Ghost Ride the Whip, Ghost Ride the Whip, just getting so into it. Right. They could feel the energy that's like coming right. out of the recorded song. And I mean... You know, tell me when to go. I mean, that beat is just absolutely insane. You know, like, I did that beat in ten. That beat was done in ten minutes. Yo, that's I was crazy. so inspired because one of Forty's boys. It was the end of the night. I had packed my stuff up. I was getting ready to leave the studio. I packed my book bag up, and I was about to walk out. And somebody walked in. It was just like, "Tell me when they go. Tell me when they go. Tell me when they go." And I was like, wow. "What the fuck is that?" I was like, "That's it." 
And they were like, what? I was like, what? hold on. I just did the beat in 10 minutes. And then uh, 40 went in and laid to tell me when to go. And while he was laying that, I asked his boys in the studio. I was like, has anybody used that Run DMC dumb girls yet? Because y'all say dumb all the time. Yeah. And that's me paying attention and listening. Right. We, we've been in the studio a couple weeks working on his album. So I'm listening. They were like, no, nah, what the fuck is that? So I go on the internet, find dumb girls, run DMC, sample it. So when 40 comes out, um, I'm like, watch this. And we push play. The beat's going, tell me when it go. Tell me when to go. Dumb, 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 dumb. Them motherfuckers almost tore the studio apart. <laughs> yes. Tore it up. Because oh, nobody amazing. had, they said the word, but nobody used it like that. Right. Like, it just sounded different, you know, so. Yeah, just that yeah, sample, the grittiness of it, the dumb, dumb, dumb. It's just like, there's something just like so raw about it. That's so ill. Yes, sir. I love it. Yes, sir. Man, and like, you know, I mean, we would be here probably all night if we went over every single song like you <laughs> produced that's classic. But I was trying to think before we got on, like, how many of your songs that I still play in my sets all the time. It's not like, oh, that one's played out. That's old. I mean, just from I, I actually meant to type Little John into my Serato before we got on to see how many songs would come up. Probably like 9,000. Yeah. Um, but I mean, just from like Turn Down for What, Blow the Whistle, Snap Your Fingers, B.I.B.I., -I, like, you know, Even Usher, out yeah. Out of Your Mind. Oh my out God. Out of Your Mind. Yeah, Out of Your Mind, Freak a Leak, Lean Back Remix. Like, I used to play that shit all the time. Uh, yeah. Shots, Get Out, yeah, Get Out of Your Mind, Turbulence, I mean, The Pitbull songs i mean and i'm sure i'm forgetting some but there's like there's so many um that are just classic and that just stay in my set and sometimes even we'll get pulled out and then put back like you know usher right. yeah became almost like a wedding song it became a song that we played everywhere at all times no matter what who was there anymore it wasn't like when it first right. came out so yeah i think me being a dj before i was an artist and a producer is also why so many of my songs are DJ friendly because I'm yeah. I'm kind of making them in the mentality of four DJs to play. Right. You know, that's why they got breaks in them and all of this. And like most of my records already got an intro. You don't even have to do an intro for it because yeah. it's got an intro already. You know what I mean? It's so true. like I just kind of create and it's drum heavy, like it's beat driven. Um, and I perfected my sound in the sense of making it bang in the club, too. It's got to right. sound like stupid big in the club, too. So, yeah, I think, you know, that's that's part of the reason why the record stays so long. And that's why DJ's still playing, because they are DJ records. And, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if it was one of the first things you made, but people, a lot of people don't know you made that Capleton tour uh, record with like the slick yeah. Rick drums under it. And even that is something that DJs still play to this day. And that you probably yeah. made what 30 years ago or something, right? Uh, early nineties. Yeah. I didn't do the beats, but okay. I produced the beat. Like I was like, Got it. me and my boy, Paul Lewis was like, okay, sample this. Cause we didn't, we didn't even have a drum machine yet, but we were like Quincy Jones, you know, like, <laughs> yeah. all right, let's take this part. I used to play that DJ cool record in the club. I was like, we got to use this as a transition. Yeah. Hold up. Wait a minute to go from children's story to Mona Lisa. 
So yeah, all of that, man, it's just, it's crazy, man. Like to have, to be doing music this long and to still be relevant, you know what I mean? And the TikToks now revitalizing all of the the records. I It's a TikTok going around right now. The first record I ever recorded as an artist was a song called Who You With? Yeah. And now that's starting to become a, a big TikTok. It's like, wow. that's 1996. That's crazy. The first song I ever did as an artist. And that's rare, too, as an artist, when your first song you ever record is a hit. Because that was a hit in Atlanta. Right. And that's it was the first that song was literally the first song you ever made, and it became a hit song. So that is definitely right. rare. That actually was a good omen for the rest of your career to show what might I happen. Mean, <laughs> yes, man. It's crazy. It's that, crazy. So I, I, I thank all the DJs, and I'm just blessed to have, you know, this longevity, man. Yeah, no, thank you. I mean, so much. You've given the gift of classic music to like multiple generations of DJs. And like, we can still play the songs from the 90s, the songs from the mid 2000s. And I mean, I, the amount of just vinyl records I have of your stuff, you know, and I used to always, okay, I got to get doubles of it and come up with these mixes. I would mix like Get Low with Crazy in Love. It would do this weird break where like Crazy in Love would build up and I would have the chorus of Get Low, but I had to do it on vinyl. It was like a whole thing. <laughs> so uh, we might as well tell the story of how we met. I think and, I think we should. Because yes. we, we kind of told funny it is, many times. Yeah, I got to hear you. I want to hear your perspective and then my perspective because I remember uh, what I was thinking when they told me you were there. But yeah, like, so we met. You, you can All tell right. the story. So I was, it was the first game in New Orleans in the Superdome after Katrina. Right. I knew Reggie Bush and some people that was down with Reggie Bush and they invited me out to the game. Yeah. So after the game, uh, Reggie had a party. Spider was DJing a party. Now, mind you, this is in between. I, I, I'm fried as a producer. I was trying to make beats. I, I I was fried. I couldn't. I think so many years of doing so much stuff and having my own label and having to produce for all of my artists and produce for myself and then produce for all of these other people. I was fried. I was burnt out. Boom. Right. So. And this is before I'm in Vegas. I'm not in Vegas yet. Yeah. So I'm in a, like a, a transitional period, basically. So I go to the after party, Spiders DJing, and I'm like there, and I'm just chilling. And I'm like listening, and I'm like, man, this DJ is fucking killing it. <laughs> and I was, it, you kind of inspired me. I was like. I might need to start back DJing again. That's what I'm saying in my head. Yeah. So I had my security like go to Spider and get his number and stuff. And I don't know what the fuck I was going to do. But I was just like, maybe I can, he can help me get back DJing again or something. I don't know. Right. So we got his number. Boom, boom, boom. I remember I skipped to the next day. Yeah. Cause I don't even know if I came to the booth. I did. I come no, to didn't. the booth no, and say hello. No, it was just your bodyguard so, or, or whoever it was. I forget. Yeah, so I was in the airport, and we were chilling, and then somebody, this nerdy dude, walks up to me, so I'm thinking, and he's like, it's me. I'm the DJ from last night. I'm like, you the DJ? He's like, yeah, it's me. And from that, then on, like, we connected, and Spider, like, helped me to get my crates in order, get Serato, like gave me a bunch of music and we went on to even start DJing together. He used to come by the crib. Yeah. We did mixtapes together. So that's my recollection of how it all started. 
And that yeah. got me back, ladies and gentlemen, into DJing. And then I started to see a future in the open format world of DJing. Listen. You know the fucking vibes. That's amazing. Thank you. <laughs> uh, well, <laughs> yes, that so so from my part of it, that's that's the story basically. But I'm on stage and we're at yeah, I'm DJing Reggie Bush's after party. It's the the first home game after Hurricane Katrina. We're at this club. It's New Orleans too, and I'm not used to like the time frame. So they're like, you're probably gonna go on around like 3 a.m. or some crazy late time. I'm sitting there just waiting to DJ like all night. And um, I get on and I start playing. They're like, a lot of people are here. I'm like, all right. And they're like, little John is up there, you know, up in the balcony area. And I'm like, oh, shit. I'm like, I play a lot of his shit in my set. And I had just, You'd, I had been doing you didn't this. You snap your fingers mix, right? Yeah. You so, like, I had this mix where, like, I figured out if I, I had, like, because even it was so long ago, I was recording in vinyl. So, I think I had recorded in the snap your fingers vinyl, like, acapella, instrumental. I had all the parts. Wow. And. I remember I came up with a mix where I would play it and then I would cut at the chorus into um, Khalees on Bossy because it kind of sounded the same with the beep, beep. Like there was something about it. Uh, Somehow you had the acapella for Snap Your Fingers with the Bossy beat. I was like, how is he doing that? I know. But you probably just had an acapella out, huh? No. So what I did was the same thing we're talking about with teaching Roll and Go, uh, that how to use their own stuff. I had like done some weird hack with Serato where I had to show them how this worked. They didn't even know. I re- like I said, I was recording in the vinyl. So I would record in the, uh, the main song, the instrumental, and the acapella. And then I would chop it up like in what was like Cubase or SoundForge or whatever some program I used at the time. And I would line them up on top of each other, chop it so it was exactly the same time, pop it in my Serato. And one day I loaded the acapella on accident on the same side as the song that was playing and it in and you know you do that it sounds horrible if it's the wrong song but right. it, all it did was sound like it just pulled the song out and made the acapella come in at the perfect exact time because that's what i heard both songs were three minutes and 52 seconds and 46 milliseconds you know they were exactly the same so in serato it fucked up and it kept it in the same place but it just sounded like i was pulling the beat out so i was like that's what i thought you did i'm gonna use this in all my sets so what i'm gonna do is i'm gonna stack it up in my serato crate and then i'm gonna hit shift left on the same side and then have a beat on the right side and do it at the exact same time be like Boom. And then the beat will come in and it'll sound like, but I can do my own acapella outs at any time. Cause then if it's not, if I'm in a club and I don't want to go to Khalees or something, then I just play the normal song. So that was right. my little trick. Um, and yeah, so I could, I was, I was racking my brain. I'm like, <laughs> how is he doing that? That is crazy. I know. I showed so, the people at Serato and they were like, what? We didn't even know you could do that. I'm like, yeah, I mean, I think me and Steve wonder figured it out one day just on accident. But so I, I did that. I remember, okay. Little John is either going to hate or love this mix that I'm going to do because, you know, at the time it was very mashup heavy. We weren't playing like house music. It was like you played hip hop and you mixed in rock and like these other, you know, old school songs or some shit. And like Pour Some Sugar On Me, Def Leppard and songs like that were like big and people like to sing along. Now, not so much. But I remember, okay, I do this mix where I play Snap Your Fingers, I cut it to the part, I play Khalees Bossy, and then I cut to, to um, pour some sugar on me, and the lead singer goes, da-da-dun, da-da-da-dun, 
hey and then in snap your fingers you go hey like this and it sounds like the same hey in a way and so i was like i'm gonna do the khalees part it kind of throws people off but it's still hip-hop and they're still dancing and it works but it makes people Uh like look a little bit like what did he do and then you hit him with the like really weird shit where i cut it out i go to pour some sugar on me and people know the part and then right when he goes da 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 Hey, you go, hey, and then I, I take your hey, and I start going, hey, 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 like kind of back and forth, and I'm scratching, and just becomes this whole, like, what the hell is this guy doing thing? And so right. I'm thinking you might be like, what the fuck? This is horrible. Why are you putting my shit over <laughs> Def Leppard? <laughs> I, don't know. I don't know your personality. I also didn't know your background and, like, all the music. Like, fast forward to us being at your house and you're teaching me about like love cats by the cure and like all these eighties songs that I had never <laughs> heard of. And I'm like, yo, right, how do you right. know this shit? Um, but yeah, so I do that. I keep DJing, you know, I probably play some more of your shit, but then yeah, your, your security comes down. He's like, yo, John really likes what you're doing. He wants your number. I'm like, Oh shit, it worked. <laughs> <And> so, um, <laughs> That was it. And then I'm like, I'm never going to talk to this guy again. You know, whatever. Then I go to the airport. I'm so fucking hungover and tired and been up all night. And I'm sitting there and I'm like, oh, shit. He's sitting right there. And I'm like, fuck it. <laughs> I'm going over and saying hi. And I go over and your security stops me. And he's like, yo, chill. What, what, you know, what the fuck? And I'm like, no, no. I'm the, I'm the guy from last night. Remember you got my number? And he's like, I don't know what you're talking about. I'm like, no, you came over to me at the club and you got my number. And he's like. Oh, yeah. Okay, come over. And then so (laughs) then the nerdy guy walked over and said, what up? (laughs) (laughs) And that's how I felt. I felt like I was the nerdiest dude coming over to say what up. I felt like an idiot, but I'm like, I got to say what up to him. Like, and so then you were like, yo, I'm flying back to L.A. I got a house there. You got to come by my house and show me the Serato shit. And we got to build like I used to DJ and I'm like, that was crazy. So like walk away and. Again, thought, I'll probably never talk to you again. But uh, I think we exchanged maybe like, you know, T-Mobile BBM shit or something. You know, I don't know. It was like sidekick time. But yeah. uh, yeah. And then that was it. Got back to LA. I think you texted me like the next day and you're like, yo, come over. And I'm like, oh shit, he really means it. I came over and I remember, I just remember how excited you were about DJing and it like made me so excited. I I love DJing and I was excited about it, but you were that I just got turntables and I'm a young kid type excited, (laughs) you know, and you were like, you can take acapella. You got the red hot chili peppers acapella. I, you know, all this stuff. And I remember giving you all this music and showing you the crates and then coming back to your house the second time and you were so hyped on like i put this acapella over this i mashed up this i put this i did this mix and i'm like wow he is like really into this shit and like loves it and and is passionate about it and then we just got to talking about how like fat man scoop does all this shit and his voice is known in the club but like you're so iconic already we're already playing your records like you could right. just come out and do this shit. And then I was telling you about how I'm DJing in Vegas and all these things, and I'm sure you could do it. And we put together, we were like, let's do these mixtapes, and we start doing a rock, yeah. rock Box Volume 1. We need to put those back out online because them yeah. shits, ain't nobody doing, like, who played? You, I it's don't crazy. know nobody else doing no shit like that. That shit was way before its time. Way before. Because those are really good mixtapes. I know. Really good shit. Like, really good shit. And one was just all rock, and one was all 80s. And like I said, you were teaching me about all these 80s songs that I didn't even know about. And uh, we did. We would, like, trade off mixing or do four turntables. Yep. 
And then we, uh, we, I said, look, I could probably get us booked, you know, out on the road if we do it. And, yeah. um, Orange I'm, County was the first, right? Was it Orange oh, County? I forgot about that. I tried to write down all the shows we did and I forgot about yeah. Orange County. Yes. Yeah. Orange County it was like Sutra, right? Sutra. Totally. What? Yes. Yep. Right. Oh yep. my God. Yeah. So, so we did that. That was the kickoff show and then and i remember we wanted to do four turntables but some places couldn't comprehend that so we would just show up and there'd be some little shitty setup and a mic for you and you're like i'm a dj too like i'm trying to dj and (laughs) uh but yeah we did that i'm pretty sure we did the opening first show of tau beach like a really long time ago what i remember i kind of remember that was a famous stars and straps party was that it? it I think so. And Jermaine Dupree was, was there. And I remember Jermaine yep. Dupree had not been DJing yet. And he was like, kind of looking like, what are you guys doing? Uh, I think I need to do this yeah. too. Like, cause I remember right, right after that, all of a sudden he was DJing. And then he pro- uh, we probably inspired him because, you know, I know him for forever. Right. And he gave me my break in, in the music industry as, as a executive. So I'm sure that inspired him to DJ. He, I think he called me after that to be like, yo, What's your setup and how you doing and how you doing yep. it and whatever. Crazy. Yeah. I remember doing that and then doing, we went to the Midwest uh, with Derek urban medium, the same guy we're talking about that yeah. was running your show. And we went to uh, Chicago, went to Detroit, uh, had some crazy ass night in both places. Detroit, especially ended up at like Coney Island hot dogs or some crazy shit. I don't know what was <laughs> yeah, happening. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Um, and even one one thing I forgot about, just remembered last night, was we went to Rosarito, Mexico, and had that really was weird Was that with show. Pitbull? No. That was, it that was wasn't just a me and show. you. I feel like we, we, I don't know if we met in San Diego or what happened, but we went in a car from San Diego, drove down to Mexico, went in this really weird green room where they had all this alcohol, but it, like nothing was like the right thing. And like... I remember we got out there. We, the setup was the worst setup ever. I had to DJ on some horrible shit. You're on the mic. All these people got in the biggest fight ever, like a circle of people just fighting. Like everyone had the same jacket on. They're punching each other in the face. And you're like, yo, yo, chill. Stop the music. Or I don't know what was happening. It was, And then we got paid in cash. And I remember got in the car, and the car wouldn't start. And the driver just kept being like, car won't start and i'm like are we about to get jacked like in mexico with all this cash <laughs> and there's fools around the window like smashing on the window i'm like what the fuck's happening and then finally he like gets and does something and and gets it started we drive back to san diego and there was a whole i don't even remember that yo at i all. that's well you <laughs> you drank a lot i, I remember at do- that show in detroit yeah. you drank like extra amounts at those two shows but we did yeah. that we i even found a video i forgot about too of us getting interviewed in Santa Barbara. And this video looks like it's from a hundred years ago. But it's probably from like wow. 10 years ago, but it was, we went to Santa Barbara and DJ some like college event in like a ballroom or some shit. Like, wow. It was, uh, well, that was the, that was the start. Like, yeah, yeah, that was the start. I thank you for inspiring me to like, at that moment, I mean, at that time I wasn't inspired with music. Right. So DJing inspired me. And DJing was my first passion anyway. Right. So the DJing got me back going and inspired and loving music again and wanting to be in it. And I, now, I mean, 11 years in Vegas now. This is my going to be my 12th year next year in Vegas with DJ residency. So I wouldn't have I wouldn't have done all of that if it wasn't for you inspire me and and. 
you know, bring me under your wing and showing me the rope. So I thank you for all of that. Shit, I'm I'm tearing up. Thank you. <laughs> that's huge. That, that's amazing. And honestly, I remember like like I said, I remember you being so motivated and so into it, and and you were inspiring me back. Not that I was out of the loop of DJing or wasn't into it, but your passion and your how inspired you were, and someone of your stature, especially to me, like I didn't know you then. Like you were so legendary to me because I had bought every record you made. I played all your records, your voice, watching Chappelle show, just seeing him make fun of you. All of it. It's it's you right. like like you have so. I mean, if we look back, you know, go far in the future, and we're gonna look back at this. You have so many parts uh, that you're ingrained in the culture with just sayings and and the look of things and the sound of things and in so many different ways you know what i mean even just from the turn down right. for what type things from way before that and and you know dave Chappelle making fun of yeah and what and i'm sure that gets annoying but you know all that <laughs> all that shit right, so right. like to to be around you and see how inspired you were and then being inspired by me i was like this is just crazy it like made me you know way more inspired and and then also i remember specifically it was right around that time, and we went to Winter Music Conference, and mm. you were doing a bunch of shit, but there was one party that we, I forget the club, but we were in this underground, small club with like a low ceiling, and you got oh, yeah. on. I DJed, I DJed a bunch of old house music. Yo. I remember that night. That night is burned into my brain. Like, you DJed. I remember people. It was crazy. You played all ho old house music for a really long time. I mean, I don't know how long your set was, like four hours, five. It was really long. We were in it there. It wasn't that long. <laughs> it felt like it. <laughs> yeah, it, it was about an hour or two. Okay, you know, shit but, blurs, yeah, yeah. blurs together over time. But I was drinking, I too, and it was late in Miami. But, yeah. I remember that night, too. That was a legendary night because a lot of people didn't know I knew house music like that. Yes. and Especially it was, the OG house. Yeah. And also, with me working with you, everyone's like, oh, great. Like, he's going to DJ. Is that the same shit as all these celebrity djs so whack i'm yes. like no you don't understand like i would have to like explain to them your background first of all but second of all just how into it you were and how actually you were a dope dj with amazing ideas that knew what was up and i was like you right. know your lawyer like i would just like constantly explain to people so to have that night and have some people there to see i was like look at this like you you know this is right. some real real dj shit and that night inspired me i was like i don't even know a lot of this i need to learn about this stuff and the way you were right. mixing it together and letting those long ass mixes and it was it was incredible yeah. Yeah. yeah i remember that that was that was fun yeah well like i said thank you for inspiring me to get back in it man like i don't know what i would have done because like like i said i was i was fried from music but right that gave me like a new energy and gave me something new. And that was before the EDM explosion. Right. You know, it was Vegas was still open format, but through doing the open format, you know, later on Pitbull came in and got me in the EDM through like doing the songs with him. And then I met LMFAO the first time on a Pitbull video shoot. Oh, I think wow. it was, I think it was crazy's video shoot. Uh, that's the first time I met LMFAO. So, you know, all of these different things. And Miami Music Conference was the first time that I got with Aoki. Oh, okay. uh, me, Aoki, and Travis Barker did a set. Travis and Aoki had a set, but then I came and I met Aoki, and he gave me the mic, and I rocked the mic, and that night was legendary. And after that, me and Aoki was cool. So, you know, you never know. Yeah. 
when you meet someone, how that's going to translate into future things. And, you know, me and Aoki having big records together with turbulence and huge doing so many shows together. Like, so yeah, man, it's, it's life is crazy. It's just crazy. It's real crazy. Yeah. You just got to always kind of keep your eyes and ears open and be open to, to everything. And like you said, you never know who you're going to meet and where they're going to take you and what's going to happen. And, um, I mean, 11, 12 years in Vegas, crazy i remember when you started yeah um it was at encore right was that the first one no no the oh, first, hard rock i was pl- hard rock yep yeah. i was started on so what was it the the sunday thing they used to have the body big, english um, uh, no, no no i no. did buy the the outdoor party they the first big pool party in vegas yeah um, rehab rehab yeah yep i started at rehab Right. I, I think that was the first residency I had. I think I had one summer in rehab and I did. Yeah, I, I did rehab and I did the club in inside of the, in there as well. Right. I don't think it was body English. No. It was the it changed over. It was, a, it was like vanity yeah. or some some. Name. Yes. Vanity. 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 Yep. Oh, man. We've been in Vegas a long fucking time. <laughs> it's yeah, crazy. brother. It's crazy. Yes, sir. But I love to see you still rocking it out there. And, like, you know, you're at, what, Hakkasan, pretty much it looks like every week, and Jewel and all these spots. And now they're all yeah. under the same umbrella with Tao and Marquee and everything. So you're gonna you're about to be at a bunch more clubs in Vegas, right? Yeah, I actually have Marquee coming up. So I saw that. it's going to be fun to do Marquee. I've known Noah and Jason and all those guys forever. Those were the first guys in Vegas that let me come in their club for free. Oh, wow. Like when I first started going to Vegas. So that's dope. And I think I knew Noah. I knew Noah from New York, from Marquee, New York. I used to go to Marquee. I think Marquee and before Marquee had some other spots. So yeah. I used to frequent those spots. So coming to Vegas and hang out with them and got on the, used to get on the mic at Tower all the time before I had a residency and just rock. And so, yeah, everything is full circle now. So. It's crazy. It's amazing. It is amazing. And it's just such a small world. Like, all the people and the people you're naming, like, there's so many just crazy connections between everybody. Yeah. Um, and, you know, the DJ world is like a small, small world. It's getting bigger, I mean, now with all the worldwide yeah. shit. But, um, yeah. yeah, I mean, and, and, like, what, you know, like I said, you're so so educated on DJing. Like, what do you think is a dope DJ? Uh, a DJ is someone that just doesn't play their set because most DJs are confined to a set and they don't know how to basically it's like this. Most, the average, a DJ might think they just sit at their at home, but yeah. they can't come to Vegas and rock because you got to be a special type of DJ to know your crowds in Vegas and to know, okay, I need to play more of this commercial shit. I need to play more nineties hip hop. Cause they don't know this shit or maybe they more. They, I need, I think I need to go a little bit more house. True. Like Vegas is the hardest place in the world to DJ. And people think it's the easiest place in the world to DJ. You're right. So, cause if you don't, if you don't know your crowd, you're not going to be able to rock. And if you can't change from your, set that you have planned, you're not going to be able to rock. So a DJ is someone that can switch it up on a dime and go where they didn't want to go and, and rock even harder. I mean, rock hard. Right, right. That's true. And like, what, what do you think is the key to like longevity as a DJ and even staying inspired? Research. 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 It's to me, like people think I'm just going out all the time when I'm not working. I'm actually listening to the DJs. Because right. I want to compare myself. I'm looking at the crowd. 
I'm looking because when we go see other a DJ goes to see other DJs, sometimes they play some shit. You be like, oh shit, I took that out of my crate. Always. I need to put that back in my crate. Yep. Or I ain't playing that yet. I need to start playing that. Or yeah. shit, what song is that? Oh fuck, they went crazy for that. Let me. So you can't be a good DJ if you don't. It's basically watching film. Like yeah. an athlete watches other motherfuckers film. You're right. So they know they, they know how to compete. So you got to watch the film and you got to constantly make your own versions of songs and update your crates. Like I'm always trying to refine my crates. It's never perfect. Like right. it's always, you can always tighten your shit up. You know what I mean? So, um, yeah, I think that's what it is. I, I think that's a perfect example. And like, how do you organize your crates? Like you're saying, like when you're tightening it up, that's always a big problem and a big conversation on this show is like everyone has their own method, but you want to be able to work fast and, and change gears fast and change lanes fast. Like you're yeah. saying, and be able to adjust to the crowd. Like, do you have a specific way to adjust your shit? I mean, to organize. Yeah, your I, shit? I, I, I got like a Vegas, like different clubs. I play differently. I play at jewel differently than I play at Hakkasan. I play at Hakkasan differently than I play at wet Republic or wherever. And I try to make my Hakkasan is my big thing. Right. So I don't play that same set anywhere else. Like even if I went to another city, if I go to Miami, I'm going to adjust the set more for Miami. So, but I have all of these different crates I can jump to. If like, okay, I might need to go a little bit older. Like, let me go in and play Coolio. Um, right. You know, Gangsta Paradise and into Eminem, goddamn <laughs> Mom Spaghetti. Like, I need to go commercial because these motherfuckers are older. Right. Or I need to go younger because of this. Or I need to go more turn up because of this. Or I, or I want to play more trap shit. I got different crates with different shit all close to each other. So I want to switch it up. Or if I'm playing a lot of trap mixes, but the crowd really wants more straight hip hop, I can just kind of jump quickly, you know? So. Yeah. Yeah, I just kind of, you know, but everything is in a format where they go together, but I can switch around if I need to jump to these different crates. Yeah, so. yeah, you want to be able to, like, move fast. Uh, that That's the thing. That's why a lot of, you know, people still use Serato, a lot of open format DJs rather than the USB sticks because you can't, like, you know, scroll through too fast. Right, right. Um, And, like, do you have, you know, going back to the uh, Dr. Little John or Judge Little John, what's like, do you have any etiquette advice for like DJs and or don't and burn even- a motherfucker? <laughs> okay. <laughs> Stop Boom. burning motherfuckers. Yes, I used to, I was notorious for getting on the mic and cursing the motherfucker out when they burnt me. Cause right. that's the worst shit. I, the DJ school I came up in yeah. is we don't play the same. We don't, we don't play records more than once. A night. Right. Between one DJ. I know DJs used to play in their set the same song two, three times in their set. And I it like, and it I try hurts to talk to, to them. Do that. <laughs> yeah, like it's impossible. And if I I go to the club an hour before I gotta get on so I can catch a vibe from the crowd and so I don't duplicate what the motherfucker's playing before me. Yeah. And so I can catch a vibe. I don't understand how people go in ten minutes before they set and just supposed to rock. I know. That's impossible. You're not even on the set. You don't even know what kind of crowd you got. Right. You only heard them. The DJ play three songs, and you think you know what the crowd is? Yeah. So I, that's that's just not me. I got to be that hour ahead, but and vibe. I'm watching. I'm looking at what they're reacting to. What they're not reacting to. 
I take it. I guess I still look at it like I can get fired. You know what I'm saying? Like I it's look true. at it like I say that all the time. I'm like I feel like I'm odd. It do, the only thing that matters is what's happening that night. Like I'm auditioning almost every night, even though I've proved yeah. myself and I've done it and I've worked with exactly. these people forever. That's the same feeling I have. It's our job to give people an experience that. Like I want to give people New Year's Eve every time I DJ. Yeah, you know that's that's my job. If I don't create a memory, then I didn't do my job. So that's why I think it's so important, like for Vegas sets to be over the top because that is yeah. where people are gonna go wilder than they would at home. And then if when I go to their cities too, I'm doing the same thing. I want to flip the club upside down. Yeah, because I don't think motherfuckers. I don't think, in my mind, I don't think nobody can fuck with me because of I'm coming to destroy these motherfuckers. That's my job. I'm not coming to just get, like, make my ego feel good. I'm coming to fucking destroy these motherfuckers. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm ready for war in this motherfucker. I want them to, I'm trying to make everybody forget how much money they spent and buy more fucking liquor. That's what, that's what yeah. Vegas will train you to do, too. You it's know, true. to make people have so much fun because that's how we can stay in Vegas is people spending money. Right. And and that's why DJs on Twitch and the streaming translated so good. I talked to some of the people at Twitch and they're like, some of the DJs with way smaller audience will make way more money and get way more subscribers than a, a video game streamer with 10 times the audience because we're almost like sell we know how to sell a good time and like sell things right. and get them hyped up and get them to spend money and it's kind of like right. our job oh we got like five more minutes i gotta get out of here ah okay cool all right well shit um let's see five more minutes what should we hit you with we got to a lot of, we got <laughs> oh to we a got lot we got it's so much shit i mean like i said in the beginning like you've had such a iconic long career that we could talk for like 24 hours and we wouldn't even hit everything. So um, <laughs> there's a, you know, I, I did, um, let's see, what else? I did ask people on the internet um, to ask you questions. I got quite a lot, so I don't know if we would even be able to get through them. But um, Well, we, we answered some of the questions. Though. We did, we did. Um, so let me see, let me see if there's any special ones Uh Okay, cool. All right, I got I got UPS guys showing me things out my window. See, um, <laughs> yeah, see, you got the same shit going on. I got I got a lot going on today. <laughs> you got cars being delivered, and I got my wife's interior design rugs getting del- dropped off. Um, All right, <laughs> uh, I can I can send you a picture of it so you could use for your HGTV <laughs> show. <laughs> um, oh man, there's so many fucking questions these are going to be longer than five minutes i mean we we got through a lot of it like we said um i'm seeing if there's any i mean people are asking if you could narrate a sleep story soon or (laughs) a lot of people asking for drops obviously how do you dj how do you deal with that just djs constantly asking you for drops uh i i take (laughs) sometime i'll just be like i'll just knock them out right it depends i got a i got a lot going on right now but yeah, I know. It I, w- like I will it. just knock it out. I will Actually, just knock them out. You know what's funny is that 
this is our hundredth episode, and you have done my intro for a hundred episodes without knowing it because it's the original <laughs> drop you gave me like a hundred years ago. I use it in the beginning, so um, wow, you know, might need a refresh. Maybe you could do the official, the new drop for the next hundred shows, like today or something. <laughs> Oh, well. oh, I can <laughs> intro that. This I think I need to properly intro the hundredth episode. Okay, what the fuck is the show called again? It's I called, just know it's you. It's all good. It's called the Twenty Podcast. Uh, That's right on Beat Source, but it's the Twenty Podcast hosted by DJ Spider. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I would like to formally welcome you to the hundredth episode. Yes, one. Fucking hundredth episode of the Twenty Podcast with DJ Spider, Beat Source representative. Yeah. Oh God, that was incredible. Can't get better. Let's than that. get into it. <laughs> Yo, that was that was amazing. I uh, one day we'll we'll do a part two of an in person uh, thing where we can vibe out. Yeah. But, um, yo, I. Can't tell you how much I appreciate you coming on here, taking the time. I know you're busy. Also, telling those stories and saying all the nice words about me, I I really appreciate it. So, thank you, and uh, hopefully, I'll see you all good. in Vegas or in Atlanta or in LA or somewhere soon. Yes, sir, man. All good. We definitely gonna run into each other. Yeah, and keep doing the magazine things. <laughs> we got to do a collab on that too. I'll be like, hey. <laughs> <laughs> word. All right, John. All right, Yo, thank you. I'll talk to you soon. Peace. Peace. Oh, my God. We did it, you guys. 100 episodes in the can. We've been doing this for two years. Huge thank you to Lil John for coming on the show. Legend of legends. I am so happy we were able to make this episode happen. You guys got to hear all the incredible stories. All the great insight, all the amazing things, and I mean, we didn't even get to all of it. So one day we are definitely doing a part two in person. Um, but thank you guys. Thank you to the Beat Sorcerers. Thank you to Beat Source. Thank you to DJ City, the entire team, the entire family. Thank you to Vlats, Anthony, Phenom, Quickie, Jonas, Rob, everybody, Styles, everyone associated. We couldn't be doing this without you, and we really couldn't be doing this without you guys, the Beat Sorcerers. So thank you for tuning in week after week. This is just the beginning. You're only going up from here. We got some crazy guests planned out. So uh, thank you for tuning in. I will see you next week on the 101st episode of the 20 podcast. It's only the beginning. The 20 podcast is produced by Beat Source. Join us next week for more interviews as we discuss music that matters to DJs. I am DJ Spider signing off. Peace.